Hey, miserable bitches. It's time for a 30-minute manor mystery. My name is Cody. My name is Emily. And before we get started, make sure you leave your manners at the door, baby, baby. No, 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 you know, not like who who did it, because we know, but you'll see. And I'm not going to give away the title to you, Emily. Of course, all you listening will be able to see it, but I'm just going to read it and just let things play, because this one is gnarly as fuck. On the scale of one to Junko. Not it? Junko Furuto. It's not even in that category. This one's just like, what the actual poop duke. And it has a lot to do with poop, too. So, <gasps> yeah, here we go. So Lacey Ellen Fletcher was born in 1986 to parents Clay and Sheila Fletcher. The family raised Lacey in Slaughter, Louisiana. And the, I know, right? And the three of them lived a pretty normal and peaceful life. Eventually, the family moved into a beautiful countryside two-story home when Lacey was nine. But Lacey had no problems making new friends around the um, around the neighborhood. So one of the neighbors mentioned that he always saw like hordes of children like walking over to Lacey's house mm -hmm. just to play. Like they would do hopscotch. They would have like little theater performances. Like Aww. they were always just like the neighborhood gang of kids just having a good old time. So the town and the community thought very highly of Clay and Sheila Fletcher. They were described as being very caring loving, well-respected, and attended church every Sunday. So growing up, Lacey Fletcher was a vibrant young girl with a beautiful smile and had a love for Disney movies. So you. She was described as her neighbors as, quote, just a young, fun girl. Lacey attended Brownsville Baptist Academy. It was on the volleyball team in middle school, and she enjoyed it very, very much. Lacey's childhood friends described her as, quote, thoughtful, and one of the sweetest people you could ever meet. It always happens to the sweetest people, which is probably why we're still here. <laughs> Several of Lacey's classmates said that Lacey always welcomed new students to the school and made them feel at ease, warm, and welcome. Because, you know, it's very nerve-wracking when it's your first day of school, especially yeah. coming to a new school. But they said that Lacey would be the one like, oh, like, you can sit with me at lunch. Yeah. And, like, you can hang out with me. And she was just that type of person so that's a good quality to have right so they also mentioned quote all of her classmates loved Lacey and thought of her as one of the kindest souls to ever live however sadly as Lacey got older she did not mature like her other peers because she suffered from severe autism so when her friends were starting to grow up in like teenage things such as shopping magazines boys sports fashion Lacey still liked stuffed animals. She liked dolls. She's like, she liked children's movies and games. So one of the neighbors said, um, and like family friends said, quote, there seemed to be a change in her from hanging out with a lot of kids. She hardly had ever, or hardly ever had any friends that came over to see her anymore. 
So one of Lacey's neighborhood friends said, quote, she became different. She just didn't see things the way a lot of other kids did. She was smart. She was smart as hell. But I guess the, the best way to put it is she wasn't as mature as everyone else. So it doesn't seem like she changed at all. No, people just kind of, I guess, outgrew, you know, she yeah, stayed. She said they, she was just different, right. changed, but she really didn't. She just. Right. He later recalled that when they were still, when they were around 18 years old, she was still calling her friends over to play dolls and watch Disney movies and whatnot. Okay. And by no accounts were, was anybody mean to her. Like the friends weren't like, okay. you know, you're weird. Like they were just like, oh, you know, like, you know, I don't have, can't do that. So. It got to the point where Lacey began to retreat into isolation from everyone. And by the time she was in ninth grade, her parents, Sheila and Clay, pulled her out of school just to homeschool her. They thought it would be best to homeschool her. She was sad. The kids, you know. Isolate her more. Good. Right. Weren't playing with her. And she was upset. So they're like, you know what? We'll pull her out and we'll just homeschool her. Terrible decision. So from that point on, people in the neighborhood said that they barely ever saw Lacey ever again. So Lacey so it was an abrupt stop, right? It was like a harsh stop. She went from playing outside to boom. Where is she? She's not at school. Where is she? We haven't seen her. So Lacey was last seen lifting weights when she was 21 years old. According to a close neighbor named Robert Blades, he said, quote, when I saw her that last time, she appeared fairly physically normal. Adding, quote, she was always pretty thin and she was exercising in the road with those small weights you carry. Mm -hmm. He continued and said, quote, I'd see her a few times, gently getting some exercise in the roadway. I didn't say anything to her at that time. There was no reason to. I just mm -hmm. waved, you know. Yeah. Robert also said that he asked Clay, her father, about his daughter's whereabouts around five years ago. Um, and the neighbor said, quote, I asked Clay because I hadn't seen her in so long. I actually thought maybe she got married and just moved on. I was happy for her. Adding, quote, I said, how is Lacey? How is she doing? Has she moved off? Did she go to college? How is she? And Clay replied, oh, no, she's still here. She's fine. Don't worry. Before changing the subject. So... The don't worry don't worry about her yeah so the neighbor was like okay he wasn't he worrying he was inquiring right so blades uh the neighborhood the neighbor robert blades continued he said i just took his word for it i had absolutely no suspicions about what actually happened in that house um there was no alerts or nothing so he just took his word for it like because he didn't have a reason to be concerned you know so with no reason to worry or think anything bad Robert simply took Clay's word for it, but that was far from reality. Was their house dirty? No. Well, I guess this one part that I'm about to talk to is, but from the outside, no. So on January 23rd, 2002, Lacey Fletcher's body was discovered after her mother rang 911 around 2 a.m. Sheila Fletcher told the 911 dispatcher that she believed her daughter had just stopped breathing. But she knew for certain that she was dead. When the sheriff deputy arrived to the scene, he was horrified at what he had just walked into and immediately called the coroner, Dr. L. Bickman, to come to the scene as quickly as he could. Lacey Ellen Fletcher was found dead and legit fused to the sofa couch that she was tied to for 12 years straight. 
one of the investigators on the scene, when asked about the link that Lacey had been tied to this couch, said, quote, evidence-wise, a minimum of 12 years, at least 12 years, a terribly long period of time. When the authorities found Lacey, she weighed 96 pounds, but sadly, it was far too late. Lacey was 36 years old and had a whole life ahead of her. When she was found, she was malnourished, covered in feces, and wore a hole in the sofa on the couch in which she had sat for 12 years straight and rotted through the couch in her own filth. She was sitting or laying down? Like, like sitting. So, like, I'll show you a picture. But basically, she had sat in this area for so long with, like, and she was, you know, defecating on herself and urinating on herself that all of that just wore a hole through the couch. Uh, yeah. uh, Here's the picture. And I'm going to post this on our Instagram. So there's a hole in the couch and I'm going to get to it in just a minute to explain like her positioning and everything that went with it. So, so according to the corner, the corner, Lacey was covered in maggots and sores and basically said, quote, melted into the couch in the living room of the family's home. When they found Lacey, she was sunken into the sofa up to her shoulders. Her eyes were wide open she was partially naked and her mouth was open, revealing that she had all of her teeth. Oh. So Lacey's feet were crossed underneath her on the couch deep inside the hole. So her feet had like fallen in through the couch. So they were basically in the sofa. The hole itself was filled with urine, feces, and a plethora of roaches, insects, <gasps> maggots, you name it. Lacey's body was covered in ulcers on her underside and, quote, appeared rotten to the bone. As if that's not enough to make you want to cry. Additionally, Lacey had fecal matter shoved into her face, ah! her ears, ah! her chest, abdomen, and the authorities said her hygiene had been allowed to deteriorate so much that her hair was matted, knotted, and there were maggots crawling out of her skull. Oh, Oh my God. Bon appetit. So the floor underneath the couch was also rotting and buckling from the years of feces and urine and bug accumulation. Coroner Dr. Bickman said the scene was so sickening. I have seen some horrible things in my life, but nothing like this. I couldn't eat for a week. I cried for a week. So in a January 2002 interview with the police, Lacey's parents stated something along, along the lines of, we tried to get Lacey up off the couch, but she refused to leave. It was her comfort area. And then they said, we brought her meals, her drinks, anything she needed. She would even defecate and urinate on the couch because she refused to leave the couch. We were just doing what she wanted. When she were they arrested? Well, I'm going to get to that. So Sheila said that she routinely cleaned her daughter's sores and that Lacey Fletcher never complained that they hurt. I'm sorry. Her ass is rotted to the bone, and you don't think that hurts, baby? I think it does. I want to know what the rest of their house looks like. So, oddly enough, in the crime scene photos, you can see a few feet away from the sofa was, like, a table with cluttered with items, um, which was, like, wipes, Lysol, nasal spray, talcum powder, lotion bo uh, box, and, like, like her like Lacey's child photograph on it. And to the right of the sofa was like a commode that she was supposed to use and a pile of clothes neatly folded that were identified as Lacey. So they were like, see, we did try to clean. We had all this, we had her clothes um, set out for her. I'm sorry, but 
you had her, yeah, you had cleaning supplies, but she was found with poo-poo in her nose. I don't think you clean very good, baby. I've never heard you say commode. Well, that's what I wrote in here. <laughs> so, despite her parents' efforts to look after Lacey and clean up and care for her, according to Dr. Bickman, Lacey died from starvation, among many other factors. Dr. Bickman revealed that Lacey was found with severe ulcers on her underside and that her body was covered with sores and insects again. To add to the list of what the fucks, Lacey was suffering from a bacterial infection and was also positive for COVID. Bickman told, what? Yeah, she had COVID. So I guess the parents brought it into the house and like gave it to her. Wait, wait you said she was found in 2002. No, 2022. This year. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2022. I was wondering how she got 36 and that like little <laughs> she, she time hopped. No, 2022. I might have said 2002 on an accident, but 2022. So this year. So, um... Lacey was suffering from bacterial infection and was positive for COVID. So Dr. Bickman told WAFB, quote, her cause of death stems from at least a decade of medical neglect. The cause of death stemmed from several uh, medical neglect, which led to chronic malnutrition, acute starvation, immobility, acute ulcer formation, osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection, mm -hmm. which finally led to sepsis. Oh, my God. So Dr. Bickman went as far as to show the photographs from the crime scene to the grand jury. And the images were so revolting that medical personnel were on standby while presenting it to the jury because they were passing out and throwing up and like crying. He said, quote, when I presented this case and showed the pictures and gave the timeline, the expressions of the grand jury was an utter shock. And then he told them, um, quote, like the clock on the wall never moved again. There was complete silence. Some jurors were gasping for air. Some were just staring in disbelief. So Lacey's parent... Oh, and also the crime photo of Lacey actually in the couch was so horrific that the photos, they said, will never be made available to the public. So that's saying a lot. I'm surprised you couldn't find them. So Lacey's parents stated that she suffered from a rare neurological disorder called, quote, locked-in syndrome, where basically you get locked into this position and you can't move. However, the coroner denied a report that Lacey ever had suffered from this and said, quote, I don't know where that term came from or what source it came from. In all of my years of as a practicing physician, I've never heard of that term that in my life. That is not real. So it sounds like they made that shit up. Because there's something else that like, there's a movie with Sandra Bullock where she's afraid to go outside, but it's something else. It's not called locked in syndrome. Right. So after investigating, it was found that the last time her parents took Lacey to see any sort of physician for any medical help was when she was 16 years old. So it had been 20 years from the time that she died that she had seen any medical medical attention for anything. You know what? I also wonder, like, her menstrual cycle. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh. So when asked about this, her parents said, well, we didn't take her to the doctor because she had not been sick. Her ass is falling off. She's shitting herself. She's sick. And you're saying that she doesn't want to move. So clearly you think there's something off. Right. I'd have been like, oh, we need to call somebody. So months and months passed before finally they were charged with second degree murder. So Clay and Sheila Fletcher pled not guilty to second degree murder charges, despite everything that had been presented to the court. 
So following the grand jury investigation at the courthouse in nearby Clinton, her parents, Clay and Sheila, both 64, were charged with second-degree murder and could face life in prison without parole. So hours after the, the decision, the couple was arrested, but they were released from uh, East Felicia Parish Jail when a judge set a $300,000 bond for them. Who, who paid that? They did. So District Attorney Sam Dequila said outside the court that he believed justice was served here today and that Lacey Fletcher didn't deserve the way she was treated. Quote, for this type of crime, second degree is the highest charge that could have been produced today. He said, you don't treat anybody or any animals like that. Something had to be done and we all got together. We all stood on the same platform and we are all here now. We all have the indictment for second degree murder. However, the $300,000 bond was not enough to keep these two behind bars. Sheila walked out of jail around uh, 10.30 p.m. just hours after the judge had set her bond. And then Clay Fletcher was released at 10.25 a.m. the following day on Wednesday. So when Sheila and Clay were released, they were flooded with media and tons of questions asking them, like, what happened? You know, what do you have to say about this? And one of the questions they were hit with was, quote, do you feel any sort of remorse for what you did to your daughter? But again, the two ignored the question and just kept walking. So the couple's attorney had released a statement saying, quote, they don't want to relive the pain of losing a child through the media. They have been through a lot of heartache over the years. Anyone who has lost a child knows what it's like. You killed her. So this is kind of where the mystery in the case comes to play. Why would this family do this to this daughter that they claim to have loved and cared for so much? Did they actually think they were doing what their daughter wanted? So we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out in court. So we should be hearing more and more updates come from this in the coming months because Lacey's parents will appear again in court on February 6, 2023. So in what, three months. So the couple's attorney told KTBS that he believes that Sheila and Clay Fletcher are without a doubt innocent. However, District Attorney Sam Dequila told Outlet that he has a solid case against the Fletchers and that he is ready to take them down in court. So the tragedy of what happened to Lacey is even more of a mystery as her mother, Sheila Fletcher, worked for the authorities who they think might have helped her in this situation. So Sheila worked as a police and court clerk in the small nearby city of Baker, and more recently an assistant to the city prosecutor in Zachary, which is a slighter, yeah. larger community also nearby. Sheila Fletcher, though, also was on Slaughter's Board of Aldermen, but quit on January 24th, following four years of service and just three weeks after her daughter's death. So like, though, that's a coincidence. So did they not have family members nearby? I don't know. I don't, like brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins to be like, what in the world were y'all thinking? I don't know. Or like, where's our granddaughter? Right. So one of Fletcher's neighbors and family friends said, quote, I pray for Clay and Sheila. I don't hate them. I know that God is going to hold us all fully accountable for what we do. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't think they are cold-blooded murders. I think they made some horrible decisions. I never in my wildest dreams thought that there was anything going on over there. So that just goes to show how much of a front they put on to everybody in the community. Because again, they were still attending church. They were still active in their community while Lacey sat on the couch for 12 years straight and basically died. 
But there's no way they could have ever had anyone in that house. No, no, there's no way. So you're right. That's weird. Where was the family? Well, maybe when they moved, maybe they was away from family. Like even friends and we're like, oh, we'll pick you up to go here. No, we'll meet you. Like, oh, let me. And when they moved, they're like, oh, can I come in and see the house? No, I don't know. But just to end, Sheila Fletcher wrote in a Facebook post earlier this year, quote, mom and dad love you so much, Lacey. So like I said, this court is going to begin coming into play around February 6th. So definitely expect an update on this because wow, 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 wow. Because they're trying to say like they didn't kill her. Her medical disabilities killed her. But she was like sitting upright. She wasn't, I thought you were going to say she was laying down. She was like sitting upright and then her legs eventually fell through the couch. Yeah. So when they found her, she was in the sofa up to her shoulders. Like she had literally like sit in the living room with her and watch TV. I'm sure they said that they took good care of her and they would, you know, wipe her. I don't know. No. But that's so weird. Why would you want to kill your daughter? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, a lot, but like, I don't know. Very weird, very sad. And I told you you were going to be like, whoa. So, yeah, there's my episodes this week were a lot. <laughs> As I laugh, it was a lot. I did, I did not like that. And I will not be sitting on a couch for a long time. <laughs> well, the color of the couch actually looks like the one I have in the size. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Guys, if you want to see what these pictures look like, I'm going to post them on our Instagram at Misery Manor Podcast. We'll see. Rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Bye.